0: Hello and welcome to Grace Life Duris. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray that this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Welcome back to Perfect Perspective Series. This is a teaching number 5 And we're going to speak about, well, answer a question, who interprets your reality? To start, I would like to ask a question. What is an illusion? An illusion is something that appears to be real, but it's not. But then what is a reality? How do we know that what we call reality is not another illusion? To answer this question, I want to give you an example. Imagine there are two people. One of them believes there are a lot of opportunities, that he's born in a country, well, it's not the best country, but there's a lot of opportunities. He starts a business, he fails a couple of times, but he ends up succeeding and becoming very successful. There's also another man who considers his himself as a failure, uh, he He feels like the country he 's born in is not the best that there's no way to make money there is no way to be successful and he ends up living uh, in a struggle uh, he doesn't is not able to create anything uh, and and his life does not seem like a success. but what if I told you that both of these men Grew up on the same street, went to the same school, but ended up with completely different life outcomes. And their outcomes are based on the perspective they had, on the expectancy of the future, of the things they saw are true. What is reality then? Is it the country that they're born in bad or is it good? Which one is an illusion? Is it full of opportunities or lacking in opportunities? I think it all comes down to the perspective they had because that perspective led them to certain actions and those actions gave results. One man thought there are a lot of opportunities. He looked for them. He tried a lot of things and he succeeded and another thought and saw in his mind that there are no opportunities and he didn't even try, and ended up in that place where um, it seemed like everything is a failure. But what if I say that both of them live in an illusion based on this perspective? Today I want to show you how sometimes the enemy uses a strategy to give us wrong perspective. He interprets a reality we live in, in such a way that aims to destroy our lives, relationships and even callings that God has for us. Reality is all about truth and how things truly are. Reality is free from illusion and free of lies. Jesus, when he came, he said that he is the truth. He also said that those who know the truth will experience freedom. So, it's very clear that God's will for us to not live in illusions, but to live in the truth. Because God's desire is to set us free from illusions. Because illusions bind, destroy, and rob us in many ways. I have a friend uh, that I worked with um, now she's not part of our team she's working somewhere else but when we used to when we used to work together there was this morning when i started to set, do the setup in the church uh, and she came after me i saw that there's something wrong she didn't greet me as all, as she usually does uh, and it seemed like something is a little bit off and then i started to think maybe there is something i said That hurt her or there's something uh, I did something wrong and she is uh, responding to that thing that I did wrong and then other people came from the team uh, and then she greeted them all with a lot of joy and a lot of acceptance which I didn't experience that morning and I really thought that there must be something wrong there must be something that I did that made her treat me differently. So later I came to her and asked, is everything okay? Is there something that I did that, um, that caused you to, to change your view upon me? And she said, no, everything is good. She just had a difficult situation just before she came to the church to prepare it had nothing to do with me, it had nothing to do with what I did, and I did nothing wrong. And that experience made me think that sometimes we can interpret things we do, or things we experience, and and that leads us the way to see a reality in a certain way. And when we see reality in a certain way, we start to relate in accordance to the way we see it. There are a lot of voices in our lives that try to interpret reality for us. Their interpretations change our perspective. We get a perspective through that interpretation of reality. Because perspective is the way we see and relate to the world or reality. It's like having a certain color of glasses. Imagine you put on glasses that has a really strong pink color and then when you put them on you see everything in different colors but imagine you had to do a painting and you had to pick the colors with those glasses on you could do the entire painting and then later realize after you take the glasses off that that the colors are completely off that's how perspective can work it makes us see things and relate to things in a different, in a certain way, according to the interpretation of the reality. And because of that, there is a big danger to take the wrong in the interpretation as the true one. But at the same time, there are good news that perspectives can change. For example, we've, we've been speaking about uh, the story of disciples as they traveled on the road to Emmaus they didn't see Jesus because they had they they didn't recognize Jesus when he approached them because they had different perspective they had different glasses on they expected that Jesus is going to come and rescue Israel from the Roman rule they didn't expect that Jesus is going to deliver entire world uh, from the punishment of sins that he's going to be uh, a sacrifice for the the sins that everyone was in and because of that wrong perspective they expected d- different things in luke chapter 24 verse 20 and 21, we read that the chief priests and rulers delivered Jesus up to be condemned to death and crucified Him. But we, the disciples, had hoped that He was the one to redeem Israel. This was the perspective they had. And when they saw Jesus die, their hopes were crushed. And that's why they were sad as they were traveling to Emmaus because their perspective turned out to be the false one. It turned out to be an illusion. That's why they they were sad. But then Jesus comes to them and reveals the scriptures. He reminds them of the promises that God gave uh, in the Old Testament. And their hearts uh, got on fire. Like later they say, after, after the dinner. Because they started to see another way, in another way. They started to get another perspective. That maybe not everything is lost. Maybe we didn't see it clearly enough. Maybe this death of Jesus was actually uh, a thing that was planned from a long time ago. And then when Jesus appeared to them, when they realized that the person that explained the scriptures was Jesus himself, it completely changed their view. And they made their trip back to Jerusalem, even though they didn't plan it. So as I said before, a perspective is the way we see and relate to the world. So when they saw that Jesus was resurrected, they started to relate to the reality in a different way they didn't plan to go back to Jerusalem but because of the perspective change they made the entire trip running back Uh, it it created a new (laughs) action that Instead of sleeping in Emmaus, they went back to Jerusalem because they realized that Jesus is actually alive. I'd, I'd like to point out that the reality, the circumstances, nothing changed. The morning was the same as the evening. Jesus was resurrected since the morning. And in the evening, was he was still resurrected. Nothing changed. But what changed was the perspective of the disciples. There's also a very beautiful story in the in 2nd Kings chapter 6 from verses 8 to 23. It's a story about the king of Syria who was upset about someone who was constantly telling his plans to Israel. And he couldn't get a victory. And and he was confused because he didn't know who is betraying them all. But then someone told that there is a prophet who who knows even the things that the king speaks in the bedroom. Because I do believe that God was telling Elisha. And Elisha was the prophet uh, in Israel. And he had a servant. And the king decided to attack um, where Elisha was to well eh, to tell the story short, to take Elijah Elisha from uh, to take care of Elijah in such a way that he does not does not share his secret plans anymore and does not ruin his um his victories so the entire army attacks where Elisha is and when Elisha's servant rises up he sees the entire army prepared to attack them and I'm going to read from verse 15 from chapter 6 2nd Kings chapter 6 from verse 15 to verse 17 When the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city. And the servant said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? He said, Do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elijah prayed and said, O Lord, please open his eyes so that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So the servant had a perspective that there is no way for them to win. There is no way for them to stand this army and and survive or, or not be taken captive. He saw that there was defeat ahead. That was his perspective. But Elisha knew something more. He knew that God is on on their side, that on their side there's someone who is way more powerful than the armies of this earth. And Elisha said, do not be afraid. those, Those who are with us are more than those who are with them or some other translations in those that are against us and then elisha prayed O oh lord please open his eyes and then the servant saw that <clears throat> there is a lot of that there, that the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around elisha and after he saw that he his perspective changed he no longer believed that defeat was up ahead but only victory and they did have victory, but not in a in a violent way. Uh, I really like the story because it ends up the army ends up being fed and uh, taken care of, not killed, not defeated in in that way. But uh, Elisha asked that the king, that the king of Israel, that he would uh, show kindness to these people. Not so long ago I had a negative experience and as I was going home from that experience I was thinking a lot of negative scenarios, Uh, how this experience is going to impact my heart and my life and and, and how things will go from ahead. And I felt like God started to speak to my heart. He said, Vitas, why do you open your, your uh, heart for all kinds of interpretations? And He showed me a house where windows are open, doors are open, and even a wall is missing. And He said that I'm like that, like my heart is like that house, and I allow all sorts of interpretations in based on that experience but I'm supposed to only allow his interpretation to impact my heart and because of my desire to understand things I opened up my heart to other strange voices um, my logic, my flesh, my fears to interpret the reality uh, of my life, of that situation and, of course, that gave me a lot of fear and, and insecurity. But God said that the, only the door has to be open where He wants to come in and tell me how things are going on. And it's just the way Jesus said in John chapter 10, where He said that sheep, My sheep hear My voice, and the stranger's voice they do not follow. John 10 verse from verse 4 When the shepherd when the good shepherd has brought out all out all his own he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice verse 5 a, tr- a stranger they will not follow but they will flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers So the sheep, they could hear the stranger's voice, they can recognize that it's a stranger's voice, but they are not supposed to follow a stranger, and they do not. They only follow the voice of the shepherd. So based on that story that, uh, where I opened my heart to all sorts of interpretations, and those interpretations made me very insecure of the reality that i was living in and it made me afraid it made me unsure um, and caused my heart to struggle god was saying that it's not supposed to be that way i'm not supposed to try to figure things out on my own but i'm supposed to trust him listen to him um, and see things the way he sees To have the perspective that he wants me to have, instead of coming up on my own, instead of taking up something that has a really big chance to be an illusion and lead me to seeing things in a wrong way and also relating to things in a wrong way. Because imagine if I thought that that friend that I was serving with, when she was not Greeting me as she usually did. If I thought that she's against me, I could have also started to act against her. But because I, I wanted to know what's really happening before I, I made any choices, uh, I found out that there's nothing, nothing has to do with me. So my perspective was fixed. I no longer had to live in an illusion and be impacted to act based on that illusion. So the question, as the title of this teaching is, the question is who interprets your reality? If we allow other interpretations to interpret the reality we live in, we might end up in a wrong one. We might end up living according to illusions. Because if we are not living in the reality that God is showing to us. We will live like that poor man struggling while there are so many opportunities and resources around us. Or we will be sorrowful when God's promises are still true even though at the moment it seems like some things are not falling into right places. We will be like the disciples on the road to Emmaus. And we will be in fear like the servant of Elisha Who thought that the war, that there's a war ahead of us and defeat is imminent, when in reality, there's so much more, when in reality, they were on the side, on a stronger side, and they were protected and they uh, were heading towards victory. There's another thing that is very concerning, and it has to do with. the way our brain works brains work uh, i don't know if you have heard of confirmation bias it's a tendency to search to interpret and to favor or recall information in a way that confirms or supports our prior beliefs and values or in other words we see things we expect is we if we believe something is true we start to see confirmation of that truth. So this could be a, a dangerous place. When I was serving with that friend and she started to treat me in a different way, I started to think that she might be angry with me. When the others came from the team and she greeted them in a friendly manner, it confirmed my uh, Theory that there's something wrong with me there's something wrong that I did that caused her heart to be against me but it ended up not being true so this is a word of warning to to know that we have this confirmation bias that we start to see things confirming the things we believe So, I want to summarize before giving the solutions. There's no one who really knows the reality better than God. He knows the illusions, he knows what's real, because he is the truth. And there's a lot of voices that want to interpret the reality for us, our logic, our flesh, circumstances, even people. There's a lot of voices that try to give us a perspective To see and relate to. And that, yes, and perspective as a principle leads us into seeing and relating to the world around us. If the perspective doesn't come from God, we see and relate to the world in the wrong way. We miss the point uh, where we're going to, we experience fear or sadness or defeat, and it might be for no reason at all. And the danger is that we could be in the best position possible, in the center of God's will. But someone comes, uh, proves that there's some kind of illusion, that some kind of illusion is, is reality and it can lead us, derail us away from that perfect position that we were in. For example, think about Adam and Eve. What better place to be in than uh, the garden they lacked nothing they didn't miss anything but the snake proved them proved to them that they are not fully yet like God they don't fully represent him and that derailed them and that that's where all the problems start started um, also the king Saul when he was in a difficult situation and he had to wait for the prophet to come and do the sacrifice he decided to do the sacrifice on his own because he thought the prophet is late and and if he doesn't come it's going to be bad and that derailed his rulership so there's a lot of things that can be can lead us astray if we accept an illusion and we live and we relate to the world based on that illusion. But the solutions are very simple, but, but not that easy sometimes. If we look back to the story of um, Elisha and his servant, what did Elisha do to change the perspective of his servant? He prayed. He said, he prayed, Oh Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. And this is what we can do in the at any moment when we feel like we are not seeing things right, when we don't understand, when we, um, even when we think that we understand it right, according to reality, it's good to see, it's good to pray that God would open our hearts and, and our eyes to see what's truly going on. And also it's possible that the things God will say will sound so weird and so out of, so illogical in that situation that you're in. Because it's when Elijah, Elisha's servant was there, to tell him that those who are with us are more than those who are with them, he couldn't see that to be true he just saw an entire army coming up to take over their city and take elisha as captive or or even worse he didn't see that it's it sounded very illogical that there's more on their side but then when his eyes were opened he saw that there's the, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire and then the, and then he could see yeah what God said that is really true, that is the reality. And the enemy, it's an old trick and he uses it all the time. When God reveals you the true reality, the enemy comes and says, did God really say? Did God really say that you are not allowed to eat uh, from any, any fruit? That's what he asked in the garden that made Adam's and Eve's perspective to change. So it's the same trick. So the solution is to ask God to see the things the way he sees it, to have his perspective. So we are not living in an illusion and we're not misled by things that are not real. But when God says something, it, our job is, is to believe what he says and to not allow that thing to be shaken out of our hands or out of our minds. If the disciples on the road to Emmaus, if they were, if they really meditated on and they really thought of what Jesus was even predicting about his death, and they would have remembered that Jesus said that he will rise again, they wouldn't be confused why the woman said that the gravest empty. It would have made complete sense. But because they didn't hold strong to the word of God, they were shaken up. So the solution is that we pray and then God when God reveals we hold on to that, not allowing anything to shake us. And also It's not our job to create theories and and try to explain things or allow other voices to influence the way we explain what happens to us. Let me close in prayer. Thank you, Father, that you lead us into all truth. Thank you, Father, that you don't want us to live in illusions, to be deceived, to be misled. And to relate to the world or reality in the way we shouldn't thank you father that you lead us into victory that you empower us that there's never ever a time when you're putting us down when you're discouraging us or saying something that um, destroys thank you father that you're uplifting us and thank you that you are revealing things that we believed wrong about ourselves wrong about situations and that you by your spirit without us really looking for those things that you reveal specific beliefs specific perspectives that we have um, that are incorrect that are not according to the reality of the things thank you father that you reveal all these things and that you also give us the truth The truth that we can stand on, and you help us and remind us of that truth so that we wouldn't become slow of heart to believe these things, but that we would be able to hold on to these things and see your promises coming to pass. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You can find more of our free teachings on our website www.gracelife.co. And if you're ever in the Duras area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website www.gracelife.com.